Hey everyone, this is Andrew with Leave Your Shoes by the Door, and today I'm joined with Steve Zachary. Steve, thanks for being on here. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Now, Steve, uh, it's no mystery. I'm very excited to talk to you today. Uh, I've known you for a few years, and I'm just such a huge fan of yours. Uh, so, let's just get right into it. I hear you like cars. Uh, yeah, a little bit. And I hear you yes, built, I built yourself quite an elaborate hobby. Now, and I'd like to say that not all hobbies are created equal. And I'm specifically <laughs> referring to you here. Yeah. So just enlighten us to what your, your side hobby is. Well, I, I've always had an interest in automobiles. And, and prior to being in real estate, that was my business, was you know, primarily in the parts world. Uh, I've always, you know, ever since about 12 years old, uh, my dad took me to the U.S. Nationals, and from that point, I've been hooked on drag racing ever since. And then, of course, I've developed love for other types of racing as well, but drag racing primarily is my favorite. And I'm just going to stop you, because when people say that we're the racing capital of the world, everyone just can, just safely thinks that that just means the Indy 500. Yeah. But what you're talking about, the U.S. Nationals, the Super Bowl of yeah. the NHRA, is also right in our backyard, my, yeah. literally my backyard in, in Brownsburg. Yes. Or also Claremont, but mainly Brownsburg, and that's where U.S. Nationals is, and that's where when you get into drag racing and things yes. as well at, at uh, yeah, what is it IRP, but now it's a ORP. It's always IRP. Yeah, me. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sorry, keep going though. Well, so, that's all right. Yeah, I. Uh, but you know, I help a friend. We have a uh, he has a uh, front engine dragster. We run in the Nostalgia Drag Racing League. Uh, it's six races during the summer. Yeah. Uh, all over the Midwest, uh, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you know it's, and then I have you know a, a hot rod and got an old Corvette, and recently I picked up uh, an old vintage race car. I have a, a one-off build. Uh, it's a midget roadster. Yeah, uh, but you showed me a picture of it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's I joined awesome. the Midwest Old Timers Vintage Race Car Club. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, we've got an event down in Southern Indiana tomorrow to go to and uh it'd be a lot of fun yeah, yeah. so uh speaking of just just cars in, in general uh did you make it to a license to thrill the realtor oh, yeah. foundations event oh, yeah. at a silo yeah so just give me just with your perspective what were the some of the the best cars there well of course you know the, I, my favorite car was that old indy car yeah right there when yeah. you first come in yeah, I mean, that's that was my favorite car of the whole thing. Granted, I love almost everything in there. So let me ask you something: Can you look at an Indy car and guess what year that Indy car probably ran? Probably close, mm -hmm. you know, but probably not exact. Yeah, but particularly the older ones. Yeah. Okay. Um, so speaking of license to thrill and, and Realtor Foundation, you've been involved with the Realtor Foundation for a few years, correct? Yeah. How long uh, have you been I'm, I'm currently on the board. Okay. Uh, I. Yeah, I think I term off this year. This is, I think, my last year. But I've always been involved with it. Even probably early days of my career, I was uh, one of the early days we were doing... Uh, uh, Fundraisers, uh, oh, golf yeah. outings. Yeah, we were always yeah, sure. involved in that. Yeah. And I tried getting, in, you know, doing events in Crawfordsville for probably, I don't know, 12 years now. I've done a May fundraiser every year. Yeah. Uh, and it's related to the Indy 500. Yeah, there you go. You know, so we yeah. do a fundraiser through that, and uh, so yeah, I've I've always had a soft spot for the Realtor Foundation. So just so everybody, so we're all on the same page. Uh, Realtor Foundation is is my board's philanthropic arm uh, to combat homelessness, linking hope to the homeless. Yeah. 
Why, Steve? Why, why, why are you so interested in that? Well, Andrew, I had a difficult time early in, in our career. My wife and I got into this business in 2004, and, or 2003. Uh, but then 2008 and 9 came, you know, and we were just starting to see the light. And, uh, boy, it hit hard. And uh, went about nine months without making a dime. Wow. You know, and and uh, my wife and I, that was all we did full time. And uh, so it really hit us hard. And she stepped out for a while, and I was bound and determined to to stay in it and uh, be successful. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we come close to being homeless. Yeah. In reality. And uh, I said, I'm not going to let that happen. Ever again, this is not going to happen. And uh, I was going to, I bound determined that I was going to contribute and do what I can to combat that. Yeah. Uh, it's, I sometimes I think it's a losing battle. Right. You know, because sometimes you feel like we haven't got anywhere. It, it's certainly an uphill battle. Yeah. Yeah. But boy, when you hear success stories, it just, it turns that around. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, it makes me feel good to know that we've contributed toward that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> am I doing it for self-satisfaction? Not really. I want to help somebody. Yeah. It's just the way I am in the business. Yeah. You know, I feel like if I can help these people get the home that they want uh, and treat them right, fairly and morally, my rewards are going to come. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, that's one thing I learned in manufacturing was not to focus on that bottom line, you know, and, and, and I've seen agents do this. I've seen them focus on the commission. And, and if, if you do that, just like in industry, you know, if you focus on, on the bottom line, you're going to shortchange quality somewhere along the line. It's going to create a problem in your delivery. Yeah. And the same thing's going to happen with you and your clients in real estate. Yeah. If you focus on that bottom line, you're probably going to shortchange your client somewhere. Yeah. You may not be intentional, but it's going to happen. So focus on quality first. And I'm, I'm okay. going to bring this back to racing because that's applicable to racing as well. Exactly. If you're just focused on getting to, to winner's circle, you're not, you're, 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 your vision's getting clouded. And yeah. you're not thinking of the details and you're not thinking of the journey along the way. Right. Yeah. And I, I just want to say, uh, and I know that anyone who listens to this knows that I'm, I'm such a huge fan of the Realtor Foundation because of the transparency. There's, there's no, there's no middleman here. It, right. You know, you give a dollar to the Realtor Foundation, that dollar is going to go towards the cause. Goes to work. It's not, yep. it's not feeding lobster dinners when you guys have meetings. I mean, it, it is one dollar in, one dollar out. It's great. Yeah. Um, and also, I think we should mention that yesterday was the, the golf outing. Yes. Which is just an awesome fundraising event. And Huge I think, event. I haven't seen the numbers, but it, it, they got to be great. Yeah, and they've, they've got to be good. Yeah, and those thousands of dollars that I'm pretty confident we raised, or we, but the, the Realtor Foundation raised, it's going to go into homeless, fighting homelessness yeah. all over Central Lincoln. What amazes me is during the whole pandemic thing and everything, you know, and we still raised. Yeah. This money. Yeah. And I'm just blown away with, yeah. with our industry and, and the people that are, have stepped up. Yeah. It's, it's, and at that time, uh, last year, when they had the first Lift Others Up Day, and uh, that, was, that was truly inspiring. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. And, I, you know I, know, I hate to talk about the pandemic because it's been talked about the death, but during that time, we're all feeling pretty sorry for ourselves. And then yeah. you learn about the Realtor Foundation, and that really puts things in perspective. It does. You know, like... 
stop complaining that you can't go to Target. Right? Yeah. There's some people who are really struggling right now. That's right. And they need your help. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back, um, you know, just, just pulling from your, your experience in, in racing and my limited knowledge about racing. And, you know, racing is a sport. And you think about when the, 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 the graphs line up and an, an athlete or a racer is at their prime condition to be the best racer they can be. And usually it's about if they've had a limited amount of success or age or family. When do you think a realtor is at their best in their career? When is a realtor firing on all cylinders in their career? What factors do you think are in their life that make them the best realtor at that point? Well, now, and I, I want to say for everyone at home, Steve Zachary is realtor of the year 2019. So 20, I mean, you're, 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 you're still grinding out there. Yeah. So just from your perspective, what do you think? Well, I think one, of course, you got to have the support at home uh, because this industry, you can be out at eight, nine o'clock at night selling homes. You work weird hours, you know, and you've got to have somebody to support you. You know, if you've got somebody at home that fights you over that, then you're going to have problems. Yeah. Okay. So one, you got to have that support system in place. Uh, I look at this as not a job. To me, it's a way of life. And uh, I feel like I haven't had a job in 17 years. It's just how I live. I live to help people. And if, I don't want to make it a job. Sure. I've, I've done things like I'd love to do artwork. Years ago, I decided to do it full-time, and I turned my love into a, a job, and I hated it. I didn't like making things for people. I wanted to make stuff that I enjoyed making. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it changed my whole outlook. On you're you're structuring your passion. Yes. And that's not, it's almost uh, counterintuitive. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that is one thing uh, of course getting years of experience under your belt gives you of course confidence you know and once you gain all that confidence I think it comes easier like when I first started Andrew it was 10 months before I had my first sale and it was a $10,000 dump you know and so I didn't make anything but it was like it broke the ice and, and from that point on things started happening you know, a guy told me years ago that when you're starting a business, and that's what you're doing when you're entering real estate, it takes you five years to where you can get to see the light. And I can almost say that applies to almost any kind of business that you get into. It's going to take you a period of time, four or five years, before you start to see yeah. that things are happening. So one, you got to be able to stick it out that long. Mm-hmm. You gotta have the drive to get up every day. And Steve Cox told me years ago, you don't have to be good at this, Steve. He said, you just gotta be there. Yeah. You know, and, and that puts you in tune to what's happening as well. Yeah. So <clears throat> show up, show up to work. You may not have anything going on that day, but show up at the office. You're, you're gonna learn something that's gonna lead to probably a transaction yeah. down the road. You know, and don't be afraid to talk to people. Yeah. You know, I wear this little name badge all the time. I, I wear this everywhere except a funeral home. Sure. Okay. Sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> but this starts more conversations about real estate 
then I could go out and make phone calls. Yeah. You know, if you go into Kroger's and do a little grocery shopping, somebody's going to see that, and they're going to stop you and ask you how the real estate market is. Well, you better have some cards with you, mm -hmm. okay? Start passing those cards out when you have those conversations. And that's that way of life philosophy. Yes. You know, you, you wouldn't, if somebody stopped you in the grocery, you'd say, well, it's after five o'clock, so I'm not talking to you no, about no. this. No. That's not <laughs> so let me ask you something. Sincerely, are you just as uh, eager to have that conversation in the, in the grocery uh, 17 years in as you were two, three years in? Yeah. You still have that, you still enjoy that, that, that first experience? Well, I of, enjoy meeting people. Sure. Too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, I still enjoy that. So can I test you right now? Say I bumped into you at the, the freezer aisle. Okay. Oh, you're a realtor. What What's going on? Oh, well, listen, I tell you what, if you want to know about the market, let me tell you, this year has just been crazy. One, we don't have enough homes to sell. I mean, we've got more buyers than we've got sellers out here. Are you interested in selling a home? Mm -hmm. Are you thinking about doing a transaction or moving or something? So well, we'll have a little conversation about it. But then it depends on where that goes. But more generally, you know, I'll find out if they're working with a realtor. And if they are, I'll just, you know, more than likely I'm going to know who it is. Of course. Anyway. Yeah. So in our local area, we all know each other. Yeah. But, <clears throat> you know, I, I respect that. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I know them. You know, I've done a lot of deals with them. Yeah, a great realtor. Go on. Yeah. But what if, what if they're not a great realtor? They've got a, they've got my card in their hand. There you go. We separate. Okay. Sure. Sure. Okay. Sure. 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 <laughs> Call me. Yeah. 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 And I think that's interesting. How uh, even in that that example, you say your piece, but then you put the ball in their court. Yeah. It's it's a it's a, it's a two two way conversation. It is. It goes you know, even though they ask you a question, you're you you still end up challenging them. You know. Yeah. This is what's going on. Here's how I can challenge you to get involved. Yeah. Right. And then they're yeah. thinking about that for the rest of the day. Holy cow, this guy I just talked to for 30 seconds just told me that if I'm willing to sell, I could, you know, do well doing that. And you'd be surprised. A lot of people have no idea what's going on. You know, it's something people don't do very often. Yeah. To sell their home. Yeah. Or buy a home. So some people are completely out of touch on it. Sure. But I want to go back to the uh, support system. And I love that. I love, yeah. I love how you, you know, I'm just imagining the successful realtor and just like the pillars that, that are essential to, to propping the realtor up to be successful. And of course, quite literally, a support system. Um, and your, your family business, you, you and Janet are yep. both in this industry together. Yes. So what's, what's been the support system for you where, where you have, you know, your wife is also in the industry? What's that been like? Well, fortunately with her and I, she'll do things that I don't enjoy doing and I'll do things that she doesn't enjoy Perfect. Doing, you know, so it works out great. Sounds like a functioning relationship. It to is. Me. Yeah. 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 It's always worked out. Yeah. Great, so. so you guys just work side by side? Uh, not always. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, since I'm the manager of the office, I have a separate office. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, if I wasn't the manager of the office, we'd be in the same office, but, uh, you understand why I do that. Of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I mean, we, go on showings together sometimes uh we go on listing appointments together you know so we work together on deals so you, you you've laid out kind of a blueprint for me of what you know what it takes to be a realtor at the height of their powers and you say you you, you manage an office so what if you have a realtor who's in year two you get you said five years five years is a long time to be uncertain yeah. five years is a long is a long time to be unsure of how yeah. when the next check is going to come. That's, that's got to be a tough. It doesn't happen that way for to everybody. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I've got some newer agents who uh, 
are doing well. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got one there that's been back for a year, and he's like at one point seven million. Sure. So far, you know, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I've got another gal that's over a million now, just starting out. So uh, you you've got to help them along the way. I mean, there's going to be people you can tell when you're interviewing some of the people whether these people are going to make it. You know, do they have that personality? Do they have that drive to get up and, and go to work? Yeah. Uh, I'm not there pushing them every day. No. And uh, they've got to have some drive themselves. And they shouldn't need you to be there no. to push them every day. That's just not uh -uh. going to work. Like this week. I, I've been out of the office so much this week, you know, and, and I tell everybody there. And fortunately, I've got a staff that will help each other. And, uh, you know, if they can't get a hold of me they could talk to anybody in that office and get the help they need so you you know when we talk about a sort support system it, it's got to be at the broker too right? good point yeah okay. totally yeah besides a home you've got to have it there well and i think that's a really interesting point that you make because i think you know john q public sees realtors as, as one man one woman operations it's just steve zachary he's he's with that company but it's just that person and that might be a misconception that you you actually have a support system behind you yeah. with peers and things it's not just you know family members that it's support system but it's also your professional family that yes. supports you yeah so let me ask you something then uh because you know what i got from you is is you got to apply yourself you you, you got like you said even if you don't have any listings today you still go to the office you still dress professionally you still you still apply yourself because you need to be prepared when that opportunity comes yeah. Do you, in your, in maybe not, not not just your office, but just your philosophy, are you concerned with part-time realtors? If if somebody came in and said, "I want to work for you, but I got this going on and I got this going on," so you know, I, I here's what I do: I tell them what to expect if they're part-time realtors, mm -hmm. uh, that they're not going to have a career. Okay, uh, they may sell a house or two. It may supplement their income a little bit. But I've seen it. it's a this this business is a full time job, you know. And but I have some that I I support part time realtors if they will work, you know. They've got they're not at work all the time, right? You know. So if they've got some free time, are they coming in the office? Are they uh, doing an open house on Sunday? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've had some part time agents that are full-time today yeah that were successful at being part-time yeah and they're really successful going full-time that's what i'm thinking you know i feel i you know I, this is just one guy's opinion but i feel like if you were part-time and you were really successful you're gonna go full-time just in a matter of sec because you're, you're also probably loving what you do and yeah. the money's starting to come in and you know you're starting to enjoy your time there, and you're 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 going to evolve into full time eventually. Yeah, it, it just seems like it. And and most of those that do that, they'll end up and say, "Man, I wish I'd have done that mm -hmm. earlier." Mm -hmm. I understand the need. I'm going to go ahead and, and shoehorn a racing reference here okay. because the NASCAR champ Jimmy Johnson came into IndyCar this past year, and he's only good doing part-time. Part right. He only does, like, road courses. He doesn't do ovals. And he hasn't won a race yet. And I'm telling I think he needs to go full-time. You too. need to go all in, man. Yep. You need to breathe the culture. This isn't a part-time gig. Nope. And that I think, I really think that's why, he, and for those who don't know Jimmy Johnson, I think he won six. Seven championships. Seven NAS, NASCAR titles. 
comes over to IndyCar, and I don't think he's been on a podium yet. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, go full time, right? If you really want to embrace this sport, embrace this industry. It is. You gotta go. You gotta apply yourself. It's a full time business. Yeah. All right, everyone. We're gonna take a quick break to hear from the Mybor updates. Hello, everyone. I am Jamie Barb, and welcome to the Mybor update. The final segment of the downtown Indianapolis interstate system was completed 45 years ago, and the inner loop is nearing the end of its functional life. We have a once-in-a-generation opportunity to transform central Indiana by rebuilding an even better I-65, I-70 inner loop, addressing historical inequities and investing in connected, walkable, accessible development. Join us virtually on November 9th from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. to learn about the findings of the Inner Loop Vision Study recently released by the Indy Chamber and Rethink Coalition. Register today at MyBoard.com. Once a year, members recognize their peers by nominating them for industry awards. There is no better way to honor a true star in our industry than for them to be nominated. Who will be the Realtor of the Year or any of the other honorees? That's up to you. Industry award forms are due November 26th. Visit myboard.com forward slash awards for a description of each award and a nomination form. Announcements will be made at the ball in 2022. Mybor Realtor Association is excited to announce we have signed an agreement with Broker Bay, a next generation showing management platform and one of the fastest growing showing management companies in North America. When launched, Broker Bay will be added to the collection of core products and services currently offered as a subscriber to the MyBoard Broker Listing Cooperative listing service. Our partnership with Broker Bay will give MyBoard VLC subscribers access to the full suite of Broker Bay tools that can be used to schedule and manage showing appointments, provide 3D virtual showings, issue and track communications, review analytics, and more. Broker Bay will be integrated into the MyBoard VLC dashboard for ease of accessibility into the platform. Managing brokers and participants will have access to the Broker Bay Brokerage Dashboard Advanced Admin Queue where brokerage staff and team admins can audit almost anything that happens on showings on behalf of the entire office. Broker Bay will be available to the MyBoard Broker Listing Cooperative this winter. Ahead of the launch, we will offer opportunities to learn more about Broker Bay through sneak peeks, demos, and training sessions. The Ball, a benefit for the Realtor Foundation, will be upon us in a few months. The event has grown into the event of the year for our industry. The Ball features 2022 MyBoR President Stacy West, MC Scott Pollard, auctioneers Todd Ferris and Terry Wagner, live entertainment, silent auction, MyBoR Industry Awards, and more. Sponsorships are now available. Contact Gabby Benson for more information. Tickets on sale on November 15th at www.realtorfoundation.org. IAR will continue to offer Zip Form Plus as a 2022 IAR member benefit. IAR directors decided to pick up this contract and once again provide Zip Form Plus as an IAR member benefit. This is not true in every state. IAR directors also included Digital Inc. and Zip Form Mobile, but will not continue the MLS Connect feature, which imports information from the BLC listing service listing record. For more information on this, visit mybor.com forward slash news. And that is all today for your MyBoard update. And now back to our interview with Steve Zachary. You you kind of you kind of referenced your your past uh, before getting into the industry. What did you do before you got into uh, to real estate? Well, immediately prior to getting into that, I just did artwork full time. What kind of artwork? Uh, 
mostly watercolor painting. Cool, yeah. Uh, did a lot of glass work, uh, solder, glass, wire, all kinds of stuff. Oh, uh, you've done stuff for the um, the foundation. silent auction at the at the ball. Mm -hmm. I've seen some of your work. It's great. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, done some of that. Yeah, um, and that was primarily when we were living in Montana. I didn't uh, know you lived in Montana, Steve. Yeah, that's we were, awesome. We were out there a few years. Yeah. Had, uh, I had a little studio and a gallery. Uh, it was outside of Kalispell, between Kalispell and Big Fork. And uh, Big Fork is like an artist community. Mm -hmm. uh, and I sold stuff in a gallery there in, in Big Fork. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, i got to keep asking you about this. This is great. Uh, so how did you get into art? How did you I've always, ever since I was a kid. Yeah, you yeah. just had a natural knack for yeah, it? Yeah, I just fell into it and just had the natural talent did you have somebody that you admired or respect say you can you can go the distance on this you yeah. can actually make some money with with your with your output sure uh rob Dale. there you go uh was uh probably one of the most leading watercolor artists in the midwest mm -hmm. uh, i got fortunately when i was in uh high school i think i was a sophomore the art teacher that i had uh had a space rented in a downtown building in Crawfordsville and had a studio up there. And one night a week they would greet and get together and they would bring in like live models and stuff like that. Sure. And he invited me to come to this. And here I am, like sophomore in high school. I'm the only kid in there. And uh, this is where I met Rob. He had come that night and Rob had just moved to the area. Uh, he had been living in Chicago. Uh, he'd been through the art academy up there and uh, so we were working we were doing some sketches and uh, he was watching me and he commented and he he talked to me about uh, negative space mm -hmm. okay and uh, it, when we got to talking about that it just come it like a light went off how I could do a much better job at, in my drawing which leads to better paintings <clears throat> so anyway that was where our relationship started and then we've continued that. And uh, a few years ago, uh, Rob's wife passed away and um, ended up, I sold his property and he met another gal and, and went to Florida. And then he would come up and visit and we would go to breakfast every time he came here. And, uh, but then he ultimately got sick and, and passed away. But that was probably the, the guy who was my biggest influence. Yeah. Um, now, I would never copy him. Uh, his style uh, was different. Uh, I would go to uh, one of his classes, and he would do a piece, and he always wanted the students in the class to do the same piece. I hate doing that stuff. I don't want to copy anybody. You know, I want my original. Totally. So to solve that, I just did a mirror image. I would just flip his, my drawing around the opposite way. And... Uh, he always razzed me about it. He said I was the only guy I ever did. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what, what is negative space? Well, if you talk about it's it's when there's nothing there, but you know what the form is. So if you're looking at um, where light and is there, but nothing is reflecting, uh, you try to... Instead of painting the object, mm -hmm. I'm going to paint what's around it. Sure. Mm -hmm. And then there's my object. Sure. I'm not painting it. I'm painting what's around it. 
I'm going to go ahead and do this okay. again. That, once again, that's not focusing on the bottom line. Right. Right? The bottom line would be, I'm here to paint, oh, paint yes. this water bottle, so I'm going to paint the water bottle because right. that's what I'm here to right. do. I've but instead, it. you're what's around it so that that enriches the yeah. water bottle, right? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to talk about racing, but I, I'm glad that we're talking about art. This is great. So uh, tell me about, so what, what, how did you get into to the industry then from, from that industry? Well, we came, we moved back to Indiana. So you said moved back. Are you from Indiana? Yes. Okay. Yeah, originally. And you moved to Montana for art, for, actually, that, for that community? No, actually, uh, I was with a, a manufacturing company here in Indiana. And I got transferred to a plant up in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I managed a little stamping plant up there, and we made automotive components. And then uh, a couple of years, I we wanted to go to Montana. Okay, so we went out there and we found this property and bought it, and came back, and that was going to be a retirement home. Well, after two years, I. I couldn't stand it any longer. Sure. We got to move out there. And I couldn't stand where we were going into corporate life, you know, with the company. And I'm out of here. Yeah. So I come home one day and I said, let's go. Let's let's go to Montana. So, boom. We put the house on the market and sold. Give them two weeks notice and away we went. Yeah. And uh, so that's how that happened. And that's when I went to art full time. Um, now, Janet. She really wanted to come back to Indiana, and uh, before I, we come back to Indiana, is Montana just the most beautiful? Yeah, yeah. I, I oh, mean, man. I hear that it's just gorgeous there. Just as far as the eye can see, things. I like loved that. it. Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's. I don't know that I could go back now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I go back for a visit. The last time I went, it was no fun. There was fires, smoke in the air. It was terrible. So I, I we left. Yeah. And uh, haven't been back since. But <clears throat> I didn't want to come back. And it was like Janet says, you know, a lot. I'm, I'm going, whether you're going or not. Sure. And so I said, well, I'm, I'm not going to break up a marriage over this. I'm going back. Yeah. And, uh, well, our youngest daughter, Jessica, she had just started school. You know, she, she I think maybe in the second grade. And uh, so she had friends out there. And. Uh, so years later, we were going to take a trip out there, and, and uh, Jess wanted to see her friends. So we made arrangements to meet up, and we dropped her off at the park in Kalispell, and went back to the motel. And 30 minutes later, Jess calls and says, "Come and get me." And we went and picked her up, and I don't know what it was, but whatever it was, she didn't want to be around it. And that's when it hit me. This is why we moved mm -hmm. to Indiana. Yeah. Because back here, she got with the best group of kids. She did really well in school, and she's gone on to, to start a great career. Outstanding. And if we'd have been out there, she'd have been with that group of kids she didn't want to be around with mm -hmm. that night. So, bingo. Yeah. Now, now I'm okay yeah. with yep. it. Okay? Yep. It took me a few years to learn it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That reference is exactly what you and I were talking about before we hit record. Is when you have those 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 bad moments in life where you didn't want to move. You, you know, you and Janet probably had some friction on moving and things, yep. and there was some negativity. But now that life has played out, and you're able to with clear with clarity look back, yeah. you can see how it all worked out, yeah. and that was part of the plan. You know, yeah. it was all part of the plan. Yeah. So you come back to Crawfordsville, Crawfordsville, uh, Montgomery County. Yeah. What do you What do you 
I'm, once again, how do you get into to the industry? Well, Janet started at Carpenter Realtors. Okay. As, and and does as she have admin? Okay. Oh, sure. Okay. Just just something to pay the bills. Yeah. I was still working doing artwork, and and it wasn't as well here in Indiana as it was in Montana, and I was at an age where it was becoming difficult to find a job. Sure. Sure. Well, <clears throat> I had a license, a real estate license, back in 1980. I got it because I just wanted to learn about real estate. I wasn't planning on using it. I just wanted to know more about it. Mm -hmm. And I let it go back after about five years. Well, so anyway, I told Jan, I said, why don't she start working there? I said, let's just get our real estate license and go to work. Okay. So that's what we did. We both went to the school and got our license and went to work. That so. 2004, I think it was, we started full time. Uh. I, I, okay, so what I think of when I think of an artist, a professional artist, I don't picture how you look sitting in front of me right now. You got the tie, you got the name tag, you got the well well cut hair. So how, I mean, was it tough? Was it tough to be, you know, just a, a, an artist making it happen out there? Was it tough to kind of assimilate to that, that culture of, you know, talking to people and, and paperwork no, and, and black really. and white? No, no. because... You know, just being a full-time artist for me was only a couple years. Sure. While we were in Montana. Yeah. Prior to that, I've always been working around people. Yeah. Uh, starting back when I was a paper boy, you know. Oh, sure. And uh, God, I don't know. I don't remember how old I was when I did that. Maybe that was in sixty. Uh, 63, mm -hmm. 62, so I was 10, 11, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, I babysat neighbor kids. Uh, I worked at a uh, women's clothing store downtown making boxes, and, you know, I did all kinds of stuff mm -hmm. when I was young. Uh, always people-related stuff. Yeah. Uh, worked in gas stations and... Back when you used to pump the gas for sure. everybody, and you sure. checked their oil, and you washed their windshield, and you did check their tires, everything while they were there at the pumps. Yeah. So, you know, I, so I've always been in a business of somewhere of meeting people. Mm -hmm. you know, so, yeah, it's no different. So, you said you got in in 03, 04. You yeah. said you, you, you and uh, Janet really struggled. You know, we're talking 10 months before you get a sale, and then you said, you know, 2008 is just looming over oh, the horizon, and we all know what that's about. Give me, a, give me a success story, though, in your early career when you really found your rhythm and, and thought, hey, I might be here 17 years from now. Well, I think one of the most things that excited me was I had a walk-in one day, mm -hmm. you know, and this is like in 2004, maybe five, but had a walk-in and he wanted to list his house, or I'm sorry, buy a house. He was from Washington State and he was... Uh, alumni from Wabash College. Wow. And he wanted to move here because he was putting his kids in Wabash. And up sold that guy a $450,000 house, which at the time was the biggest sale of the year. Absolutely, yeah. For the whole year in McKenna yeah. County. You know, and so boom, had that big sale. Yeah, we're not even factoring Wabash tuition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and that I think was, and I think when I started getting feedback from people about how I had taken care of them, mm -hmm. uh, that I was honest with them 
about things, the condition of the house and things like that. And then that just kind of built. And so I guess, you know, that's how things started turning for me. And I guess I'd been in, a, I mean, I was here every day, you know, and I'd go in at seven in the morning and be the only one in that office for two hours. Yeah. And then a lot of times I'd be there till 10 o'clock at night. So what, what are you doing for those two hours? What, what, what are you doing to, so that you're prepared? When that guy comes yeah. in and says, I need to buy a house because this, this, and this, I need to buy a what did you do well, in those, those hours to make sure you were ready? Most of the time when I was doing that, I wanted to concentrate on getting marketing done. You know, mm -hmm. uh, at that particular time, Janet and I did a newsletter, and we produced the whole newsletter. So that took a lot of time, uh, but it ended up got us a lot of business. Outstanding, you know. And and we don't do that newsletter today, and we probably have it for I don't know, maybe eight years. Yeah, and we still have people ask about that. I wish you had that newsletter. Yeah. But we do other things in place of today. Yeah. That take less time to put together. I mean, that, Janet spent hours doing that newsletter. But those kind of times when we didn't have any interruption was when we would focus on doing stuff like that. Yeah. And then we would work uh, on our business in the morning and in our business in the afternoon. Yeah. Well, and I just got to say, and you know, I, I, I know, I, I know I'm a broken record, but part the, the philosophy of this, this podcast is to figure out who is the realtor. You know, what are these realtors come in all shapes and sizes, right? And, mm -hmm. but I, I truly believe there's overlapping characteristics and, and philosophies and personalities that, that make the successful realtor. I've never had a professional artist at this table. You know, when you think, you know, not, an idea of the realtor would be the slicked back hair, you know, dressed to the T's in a nice car, talking on the cell phone constantly, businessman, move it, move it, move it, you know, wheeling and dealing. Not a professional artist who moved from Montana and, and you know, it's just, that just is kind of breaking the mold. <laughs> it is. I mean, I'm just telling you, Steve. Yeah. Um, but I want to ask you, you, you are an artist. You are, you are a, a professional artist. Do you think there's there's some skills or the way that you see things or, or do you see the negative space in the industry or do you, do you I, credit some of your artistic vision to to transferring to being successful in this industry? You know, I think it helps me see what it can be because uh, people can't see that. Mm -hmm. You know, when you take a person into an empty home, they really have most of them have a hard time visualizing their stuff. You know, most of them will say, oh, my bed won't fit there. My refrigerator's bigger than that. Yeah, sure. It's not, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, <clears throat> you know, it's. Yeah. Uh, Use your imagination. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I can just, you know, and, and I'm, I tell you, I'm staging, you know, and I think that helps a little bit. Uh Detail. Yeah, detail. You know, and, and I think detail is really important in a, in a transaction. And when we, have, we deal with so many details, you know, just in a purchase agreement alone, all the details that we have in there. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, that, I think that helps. You know, well, and, that, and I think, uh, you, you know, I, I, and you're the expert here. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think a lot of people come into this industry thinking that a realtor 
what they do is sell and buy real estate in central Indiana, and they're not thinking about the negative space. They're not thinking of cultivating relationships and being a community leader and, and being ready for that, right. that impromptu discussion in the grocery. Right. You know, they're just thinking, I'm going to meet somebody, they're going to tell me what type of house they're looking for, and I'm going to go find the house. And it's like, that's going to happen, but that's like 5%. Yeah, it's know? just a small part that, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, and I'm going to borrow this whole negative space idea because I think they're not, they're not looking at the negative space of that situation. That person needs to trust you. That person needs to like you. And that person needs to have faith that you're serving them, that yeah. you're, you're not looking at the bottom line, that you, you truly do care about them and their family. And, and they, they, you know, I want to live close to Wabash because I, want my, I went to Wabash and I want my kids to enjoy that too. And yeah. hearing them and then really digesting that and truly connecting with that person before you get to that bottom line. Right. Yep. Yeah. So you, I agree. You did the you did the four hundred fifty thousand. I mean, that had to just be just <laughs> cool. Yeah, <laughs> that had to be such a home run feeling. It was. Yeah. Was. Uh, so what I did, gave him a painting. <laughs> I bet you did. I, I did. bet you did. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, so what what happened after that? After that, it was just uh, you, you you got that that wave of confidence, and uh, you said, That's you what know what, was, we're gonna do this. Boom, man, the confidence set in. And then when did the newsletter come in? And was that your idea? Was that Janet's Janet. idea? Yeah, that was her idea. Oh yeah, brilliant idea. Yeah, and just we, we actually, you know, I think it was modeled after the realtor that we had in Montana. Hey, man, no shame in that. Oh yeah. no, yeah. I mean, we yeah. still we yeah. still communicate with her. We mm -hmm. loved her. Yeah, a lot of things we do today were because of her. Yeah, you know. So yeah, Joyce Mitchell was her name. Joyce Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, so just moving forward, uh, and I got to, I mean. I, I, I felt like I was uh, patronizing the situation when I called, uh, you know, you're, you're drag racing a hobby. You know, it, I feel like it belittles something when you call it a hobby. And I think sometimes people would call art a hobby. And that, that, that's patronizing, you know? Like, no, I care about this. This is something that I really care about. Um, and, then, and then you kind of compartmentalize it and you put it to the side and you think, all right, well, yeah, but what are you really going to do? You know, you're really good at art, but come on, what are you really going to do? Yeah. And it took a lot of confidence on your side to not only say, I'm going to make a career out of this, but we're also going to go to Montana, we're going to go into an art community, and we're going to make it happen. Where'd that confidence come from? I know that you had that, that mentor, uh, that, that yeah. one painter that kind of really propped I, you up and, and gave you some support, but where, it, it had to be inside of you as well. Yeah, yeah, I think when I got into the manufacturing end of it, uh, I mean, I hired into a manufacturing plant down in Greencastle, mm -hmm. okay, uh, and I managed the supply crib. I had no, I don't have a college education. <clears throat> I, I stepped into that job, and the next thing I know, you know, they, they moved me up to the Kaizen Continuous Improvement Coordinator for the, for the plant. Then I moved up to the production manager. And then they put me in as the interim plant manager. They shipped our plant manager out to a problem plant, and they put me in as the plant manager. I mean, this is like within a couple years. Yeah. You know? and You're a wonder kid. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I, that, I can do this. You know? And so that gave me, really, I wasn't afraid to jump into stuff after going through that. Uh, and then transfer, you know, I did the interim twice, over here, they sent me over to Winchester. When they were closing that plant down, they took the manager out, put him in the negotiations with the union, 
And so I ran the plant, and my job was to run out all the production. We did that. Uh, and then I went back to Greencastle. A month later, they sent me back over there to ship all the tooling out. So, I, be honest with me. Why, why were you so good at that? Why, why wasn't the other guy who's been there for five years, why didn't he get the promotion? Well, he was, it wasn't really a promotion, I guess. I mean, because they had the plant manager, they took him out. But his focus then was just to deal with the union on the shutdown. Sure. Okay, and the, yeah. and the placement of people and all that. So he focused on that, and they just put me in there to run it out. But, but still, I feel like you're discrediting yourself. I mean, you, you were very successful. I mean, to keep ascending like that in such a short amount yeah. of time. So uh, why, why do you think that you were so good at that? I don't know. I just, it was natural, I guess. I yeah. just fit. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, have you always been like that? Can you think back to a time in grade school where, uh, you know, you're supposed to build a, a roller car derby and you, you, you know, just went above and beyond? Is that just you or are you yeah. just something that laser focused when you set on something? And it's just. Yeah, I get pretty laser focused. Yeah. Probably OCD. Sure. You know, sure. Uh, when I get on something, I'm on it. And that's just the way I am. I've been that way forever. Yeah. You know, I'm. I mean, hell, I was, I was drawing stuff for the dentist. You know, I, I, would, I was probably five or six years old. I drew his whole office for him, you yeah. know, and me in the chair and all this stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I've always just not hesitated. Just can, can you name uh, for I, me and, and a listener, where, where's, where's a really good art piece in central Indiana? Maybe like an underrated it can be anything. It doesn't have to be a, a watercolor. It can be a, uh, a you know, a, a sculpture. Where is somewhere that you, you, you've seen that really kind of took your breath away here in central Indiana? A cool art asset here in our community. Hmm. Or is there somewhere in uh, Crawfordsville? I know that there's a mural in downtown Crawfordsville that I love. Yeah, there's awesome. a lot of discussion about that going on now, as a matter of fact. There's a lot of people who don't like that. I think it's okay. Yeah, it's, I mean it. De it depicts what we have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, gosh, I don't know. I, I do love the murals that I'm seeing in these small towns. Yeah, yeah. Greencastle has a bunch of cool murals all over the place. Yeah. I love. In fact, it. the guy that owns that elevator, he worked for me at the manufacturing. Is plant. that right? Yes, Rick Woodall. Is his yeah, name. yeah. He owns that elevator. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that is just super. Yeah. Uh, Little town of Waveland there in Montgomery County. They got a couple of murals. Is that right? You know, and I love those. And you and I love that they're outsourcing it probably to local artists and just yeah. letting them just get a chance and yeah, it's 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 an awesome it's thing. And, and art is unique, you know. And I think I'm gonna bet I'm I'm gonna go on a little rant here, but you, I hate when you go by a strip mall and there's a Great Clips and that fast food restaurant and you feel like you're you're like in a cartoon where it's the same background every five slides, you know. Yeah. And it's so nice when you see art and you know that a person painted that and that's the only one in the world like it. Yeah. And it's so unique and it's special. And Yeah, especially in these small towns where you think you're just going to see the same stuff over and over and then you see something so special like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm wanting to segue into just you and I want you to be honest about it. What, what, what inspires you? What, what, what has inspired you your whole life or what inspires you recently? Um, you, you seem to have 
had three major kind of careers. You had the manufacturing job, the art job, and now real estate. All, and then, you know, with the whole racing thing on the, on the side. That's a lot. That, and those are very extreme endeavors. You know, they're not overlapping at all. I was a parts man for 20 years. Yeah, delivery, or pizza, parts. paper delivery guy. Sorry, sorry I left that one out. But what, 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 what has inspired you throughout all this? Or what, what, do you, what, what inspires you today? I get hungry. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. And you don't I, like to sit still, do you? No. No. Really, I'm always, always got something going on. Uh, it may not amount to much, but I'm doing something. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, you know, I, st I still get a lot of satisfaction out of helping people. And that really, I think, is the main driver for me. Uh, it just gives me, I had a bad real estate deal for me personally on a purchase one time. And that, that really stuck with me, you know, and that was one thing that I felt like, uh, I didn't get the help that I needed. And, uh, I'm not going to let that happen to somebody else. And so I, I take real care with my clients uh, and I think that just, that's what drives me, I think, is to, to help those people that need help. Uh, maybe that's why I've gotten the foundation the way I have, too. Uh, it's just because we're helping somebody. Yeah. Well, and I, I want to point out, um, and I'm going to go back to uh, when you were talking about in 03 and 04 when you, you really hit hard times, and like you said, you were close to, to homelessness. Um, which, speaking of which... I read an article not long ago that I will never forget, and it said no matter who you are, you're about three life decisions away from being homeless. doesn't matter who you are. It, it, three swift movements in your life, and you could end up without a home. Mm -hmm. And I've never forgotten that. Um, but one thing that uh, I think is really awesome about you is 0304, Steve Zachary has hard times. Most people, what they would learn from that is I'm going to do everything I can so that I don't fall on hard time again. But you have an altruistic aspect about you that I fell on hard times and I didn't like the way that made, my, made me feel. And I, so I don't want other people to experience what I've had to do. Right. So that's why you went into the Realtor Foundation that helps other people. And that, you, you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. not just, boy, that really stunk. I'm going to do everything I can so that I don't have to suffer through that again. Yeah. But you don't do that. You, you think, I, I want to help other people so they, they don't have to experience that. So there's a care there for your fellow man, fellow for man. Your, your str the stranger across the, the street from you. Yeah. What do you, I mean, where's that? Where that, do you get that? That probably came from my mother. Yeah, okay. My mom was like that. You know, she was very thoughtful, uh, very compassionate to other people. Yeah. And I think that's probably where that came from. Yeah. So, 17 years you won Realtor of the Year in 2019, I, and I know I'm supposed to be like the my board. I'm supposed to be unbiased, but I was so happy when you won that. I was there, and I was so happy when you won that. Steve. I that was, was, yeah, I was really surprised. It's awesome. Um, so, how do you define success? I and this is going to be an interesting one. How did, how does Steve Zachary define success? Well, aside from again, selling a 450 thousand dollar house as one of your first major again, deals, again, it's you know, it's uh, that these people got the home that they wanted, mm -hmm. you know, and they got the deal that they wanted. 
uh, and they're happy being in their home, and that's that tells me I was successful. Uh, defining success. So, well, while you're thinking about it, say you were, uh, and I'm, I'm my 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 vocabulary is going to be pretty embarrassing on this, but um, is it like a showcase, like an artist? Would you have like showcase where you'd have your work and people would come and shop around and, and buy it? Yeah, what we did. Would you kind of have the same feelings when, when you had somebody buy one of your watercolors that you would kind of look at them and see your work inspiring them and you kind of wanted to connect the two? I want you to have this above your mantle in your fireplace because I can see how, you know, yeah, how it Yeah, I mean, it, it gave me you. a lot of satisfaction that they enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd probably give more away than I ever sold. Sure. You know? Yeah. I. I do today, even. Uh, it's, to me, I've got half a dozen pieces that I had framed here a while back. Well, they're home, still wrapped up in the paper. I hadn't even got them out of the paper. You know, so they mean more to me in somebody else's hands. Sure. Yeah, right. You know, so I will end up in probably give these away over time. I'm not worried about selling them, but <clears throat> it's not important to me to, to sell. Yeah. I get more pleasure out of giving them away and somebody enjoying them. Uh, I'm not in it for the money. Sure. It just, I enjoy doing it, and I hope you enjoy looking at it. It's but, just as simple as that. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know how I'm going to define success. Well, it sounds like yeah. a success to you is when you have successfully connected client to home that has provided for yeah. a happy resident of Montgomery County. Yeah. You know, it's that's success. Yeah. yeah. Steve, thanks for being on here today. Well, thank you, Andrew. I really enjoy it. I always enjoy talking to you.